Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Marking Out the Days Weekend Warriors Edition, Episode 17, covering the date of August 15th, 1992. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and as always, I'm joined, or reunited rather, with Dave Rosenbluth. Reunited and it feels so good. Reunited, and I can't sing the rest because it's copyright infringement. Dave, how's it going? <laughs> Thank you for the, uh, the, the the warm introduction. Yeah, please. We don't want to get sued because we don't have two nickels to rub together. So no, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. It feels feels good uh, to to be back with you, um, and uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, really looking forward to getting back on the saddle when it comes to uh, our weekend warriors concept. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's exciting to get back on the horse with you we, we'll switch it off um i can i can ride bitch you can ride bitch we can both uh you know we can both eat some dust every now and then uh but you killed it the last two weeks so i appreciate you doing that for me thank you thank you yeah no it's the least i can do because i mean i was off for a month uh you know a little hiatus with uh family stuff going on uh and so you know i i wanted to repay the favor so you know um, that that's my uh, you know that, that that's my way of saying thank you for you know your contributions. But enough of the glad handing because uh, you know that, that that can you know that that can turn some people off and go to another podcast that is less entertaining than us. So uh, yeah, you know, let's, absolutely. Uh, let's do what we do best. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, before we do, you want to tell everybody what's going on last week, this week, and next week at, over at Kicking Out at Two. Yeah, um, last week we had our uh, Summer Slam 1992 watch party that was voted by all of you, the viewers, the listeners, um, of Kicking Out at Two. Uh, and you can find that over in the archives at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean. We watched that show from beginning to end on WWE Network. We also talk about some other pretty interesting subjects from that event, um, like uh, the, the, the possibility of Hulk Hogan's involvement on that show. We talk about the steroid trial. We talk about international stadium shows both then and now. What would a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania be like now over in the U.K.? Uh, we talk about a number of different things. The strange booking um, that this show um, – that, that led to this show, I should say, and so much more. Plus, we talk about what's going on in the matches um, all over there on the SummerSlam 1992 watch party this week. Awesome. Uh, um, we have ourselves a bonus edition of our Trading Places concept where we cover SummerSlam 2004 from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which was the host of the 2019 SummerSlam event just last week. So, uh, you know, we, we, we discuss all the role reversals, all the what-ifs. What if Randy Orton was unable to become the youngest world champion in history? What if... Undertaker ended JBL's WWE title reign and turned JBL into a flash-in-the-pan champion. What if Eddie Guerrero was able to lie, cheat, and steal once again over Kurt Angle? We talk about all the matches from that with all the role reversals from SummerSlam 2004 in our Trading Places concept. And next week, we're going to be bringing you a special edition of the My Favorites collection, kind of keeping with the SummerSlam theme as we're approaching the 25th anniversary of the Bret Hart Owen Hart SummerSlam 1994 Steel Cage match. We're going to talk about all the events that led up to that match, and then we're going to watch that match together on WWE Network. So be on the lookout for that. All of that over at Kicking Out at Two. Awesome, awesome, and you can find that back catalog and the archive all over on. Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. We're on any podcasting app. You can search us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcast, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, and uh, I just dropped a recent 
12.5 episode. 12.5, marking out the days, uh, with the L from the Inept Supervillains. We covered the match between Vader and Sting at the Great American Bash. So you get some special bonus .5 episodes there, um, covering a match in between the weeks that we cover here on Marking Out the Days Weekend Warriors. <coughs> All right, well... Let's get into this day. You know what? Uh, WWE recently changed their app up. How do you like that? Um, there's some good and there's some, uh, there's, you know, there, there's positives and negatives, I should say. The one yeah, thing the I noticed. The collections is know, gone, right? The collections is gone. The hidden gems is gone. And depending on what service you have to stream the app, um, there's certain features that that one has that the other doesn't. So, for instance, I have an iPhone and I have the WWE app on my iPhone. And if you go into the originals section on the WWE app on your iPhone, and you go into documentaries, it has all the old documentaries that WWE put out, like the, all the home video collections, like the Rise and Fall of ECW, the the, the WCW documentary, all the. the the personality documentaries like Paul Heyman's, Eric Bischoff's, the Scott Hall story, all those. Yeah. Dating back to all the way to 2004. You can find those on the WWE Network app on your iPhone. Now, I in my home, I have a Roku and I have a Fire Stick. I have a Fire Stick in my basement, Roku in my bedroom. You go to the original section and look for documentaries. None of those documentaries I mentioned are there, which is very strange. Huh. So, um, if you guys are looking to watch like the old Rise and Fall of ECW documentary, do it on your iPhone. Don't do it on a Fire Stick. Don't do it on um, the Roku app. And I also noticed with the Fire Stick, yeah. um, it it constantly updates the app. I mean, which I guess you could say is a good thing, but um, I updated it like five times already. It will just say like launch, ready for a new update. I'm like, well, but yeah, it's still I the same app. What I notice so. is I have to sign in every single time um, if I turn my TV off for an elongated uh, period of time and return to oh, the really? WWE. Yeah, they make me sign back in. Okay. And same, oh, uh, and? I'm sorry. That's actually New Japan app that does that. Oh, uh, okay. New Japan you know World. What also you, yeah. You know what also you can't do? You can't share the, the, the network account anymore. Like, if, like let's say, for instance, you didn't have WWE Network and I gave you my login info, it won't recognize, it, it won't let you log in from your home because it recognizes um, your particular internet, your, you know, database or whatever. The IP address. The IP address, exactly. So, so yeah, I can I'm, watch it on multiple because I've watched it on my computer down here and then I watched it upstairs. So yep, I'm able to on my phone. So Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry, little brother. Can't watch my WWE app anymore. <laughs> um, no, I really like the improvements that they they placed on the TV specifically. Like yeah, I could I could find it a little easier. One thing I will yep. say is, uh, New Japan World watching the G1 climax. It's all right. They man, it kept fucking pausing, and then it would it and then it would freeze. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that app needs some work. It was flawless before, but on uh, on the New Japan World actual app on uh, the computer, you can click the titles like you do uh, for the WWE app, which they just updated, and it'll show mm -hmm. history and the matches of when the title change happened. You can go right to that video. It's really cool. Oh, cool. So I've been Very doing cool. a lot of New Japan research, watching the uh, the first New Japan Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Really cool stuff. 
awesome awesome yeah i mean overall i feel like it's it's there's definitely a different presentation with the app i love how you don't have to worry about um the uh the 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 tv rating that <laughs> you don't have to worry about that anymore when you log in same thing with like commercials for instance you don't have to um, worry about uh you know a commercial for an event coming up or a new show they're trying to plug or or whatever um but i have a feeling that that stuff will come back once they yeah. um once they add that tiered version of the network um hope i'm hearing by the end of the year okay well, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Either way, I'm not looking forward to it. Netflix raising their prices. But Disney, I mean, Hulu, I, I, I look, and everybody else teaming up. No. Oh yeah, the, everyone's doing a bundle. Yeah, I mean, I, if if it all depends on what they offer in the tiered version. I've seen like I've seen different, um, uh, you know, rumored plans for what they're going to offer in the in these different versions and. Um, the 999 plan to the 1499 plan there's not too much i mean there's a little more that they're offering they're offering you know different fan experiences and um uh even some like you know other other programming like um evolve or progress wrestling um mm. things like that um so i mean it all depends on what they're offering in different tiers and different packages um uh, but i mean I, I like the 999 one but i mean i wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be crying, you know, over spilt milk if I or if I did the fourteen ninety nine plan with all the other different footage that you're able to get as well. So, I mean, it's unfortunately it's the world we live in with you know the raising of the prices of different uh, different uh, you know streaming services. But yeah, I'm not going to be w- complacent, Dave. I'm going to burn it down. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but what they're giving us for nine ninety nine? I know. Come yeah. On, like, yeah. I you know. Like it. Um. Yeah. Well, all right, so that will be our intro for this week because uh, I I didn't look up the billboards because they changed their app and website too, and it's hard to find the Hot 100 list of 1992 in order. They just give you the top 100 songs of the year now. It's like, what the hell? No, I wanted wanted the details. I wanted the details. Ah, fuck them. Yeah, and uh, the movie this week was um, Single White Female. And Dead Alive, good films. Uh, Dead Alive, at least Peter Jackson's uh, first popular movie. Uh, you know Peter Jackson from Lord of the Rings and King Kong. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Dead Alive was a trip. All <laughs> right, let's uh, let's get to this day, August fifteenth, nineteen ninety two. Let's do uh, it, man. Let's go eleven a.m. WWF Superstars. We start out the show really hot with the big boss man just coming right out. Like there's no, uh, you know, like Vince and uh, Mr. Perfect right there at the beginning kind of introing everything. We start out cold with a with a match and in the ring to face him is Skinner. Yeah. Steve. Yeah, Kern, I everybody. like I like that. I like that that opening because it was it, since we've been covering it, it's just been. You know the same formula every week. So you know they did it the week before with the Ultimate Warrior Ric Flair um, confrontation with right. Eugene Oakland. So right. I, I I liked it. I thought it was something different. It was fresh. It seems like they're trying to they're trying yeah they are trying to freshen up their product a bit. Um, there's an article about nails in the most recent WWF magazine, and it's called Probing Nails. <clears throat> 
probing nails, everybody. <laughs> this is the guy who uh, alleged Vince McMahon sexually assaulted him. So yeah, all right. Did, did you did you see that video I sent you with with, with the nails promo that he cut without it, the voice modulator? It wouldn't load. Oh really? Okay, yeah. maybe you'll have to Sorry. go on Twitter to find it. No, that's yeah. okay. But yeah, he sounds like such a little baby. <laughs> nice. It's always the yeah. big guys that are. Yeah. Yeah. Skinner hits boss man in the throat with a gator claw. Okay. Chokes boss man with that claw necklace and the referee clearly sees it or doesn't see it. Then all of a sudden boss man fires back, hits him with the sidewalk slam. One, two, three. Easy work of Skinner here. Good showcase yeah. for boss man though. Yeah, no, crowd was crowd was into it. I mean, they were they were on fire for him. Bossman was super over during this time period, and it didn't seem like it was like piped in chance either. You can no, see they yeah, were, they they were into it for him. So uh, yeah, no, this was a good way to open the show. Yeah, and he's set to go against nails eventually, eventually. Yeah, I know, right? Not at SummerSlam, <laughs> but eventually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mister Perfect talks with Vince ringside, saying that Macho Man or Ultimate Warrior will pick. Mr. Perfect for their corner. Now, I remember you talking about this last week. Let me get your thoughts again. Were you, as a kid, maybe, like, tricked by this? Or uh, did you think either Warrior or Macho Man would be in the corner of Mr. Perfect? I was was a little confused because, you know, I was a big Macho Man guy, so all the things that Flair and Mr. Perfect had done to Macho Man, like, even the nine-year-old version of me was like, no, there's no way Macho Man's going to side with Mr. Perfect, like, you know, after what he did with him. And the the, also, the, the nine-year-old version of me was like, like, even though I didn't know it at that time, that, that version of me was trying to conjure up the idea of, you know, Ultimate Warrior being the one to, to take the deal from Mr. Perfect because I wasn't the big, I wasn't the biggest Ultimate Warrior fan. Right. Um, as a kid. So I was trying to, in my head, figure out, like, you know, would this work if Ultimate Warrior took the deal with Mr. Perfect? So, like, there was some confusion, but I was, it was one of those situations where, like, um, I, 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 I was just trying to let it play out in front of me, but at the same time, I was also trying, I, I couldn't believe Macho Man would do it. So, like, the yeah. only other option was Warrior, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's where I, I stood when it came to this. I don't think I, I was able to witness this too, like, live. Um, I think I was on some type of tape delay at the time. Um, but watching okay. these tapes when I was younger, I I was trying to rationalize, well, Macho Man is obviously going to turn bad, but why? Because uh-huh. um, I couldn't see Ultimate Warrior turning bad. And obviously he couldn't either because he, he refused later to turn heel and then ended up getting... Uh, yeah, shit can for steroids and other things, or you know, yeah, a lot of rumors. But yeah, but he 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 was originally set to be the person to go heel, correct? Later. Yeah, that's that's, the, that's from the the research I had done. Um, I I kind of discussed it on the SummerSlam '92 watch party uh, last week. Uh, yeah, they pitched it to him that he was gonna. They wanted him to turn heel. I don't know if that meant he was going to align with Mister Perfect or he was just gonna kind of go heel on his own, but. Um, he turned it down, and then not too long after that, like you said, he would uh, he, he would get popped for steroids and be. Ico Pro. It was Ico yeah. Pro. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Blame the Ico Pro and uh, what's his name, uh, Gary Stridham. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So that 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 was, and that's interesting too. The 
that they even considered turning him um, heel. I mean, I have a feeling like that that's like a desperation move on their part. Um, yeah. At that time, considering considering the landscape and who's around, Hogan's gone. Sid had left. He didn't want Sid wanted to play softball. Um, <laughs> what 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 kind of plans did they have for Ric Flair if they thought about turning Ultimate Warrior heel? If you think about it for a minute here, were they going to align them together or? <laughs> Because you would have to think Flair was easily the top heel at that time in '92 in the company. Easily. So, you know what? What? I I just don't know. I, I I they were lacking strong main event heels at that time. So um, maybe that was their rationale, their logic. But um, you know, it, it it is what it is, and it didn't happen. So um, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, in action later, we will have Razor Ramon, Kamala, The Undertaker, and Money, Inc. And then we'll have a special interview with the Macho Man to see if he's been making deals with Mr. Perfect or not. Um, <laughs> we go to a commercial and come back, and Dr. Harvey Whippleman, you know, it just, like, struck me. Has, was he always Dr. Harvey Whippleman, or was he only Dr. Harvey Whippleman once he got with Kamala? Because wh- who was no? He, he was, was Doctor Harvey Whippleman with Sid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he would. Yeah. Because he would. Because he had that little banter with Fink, where Fink would be like, "Harvey Whippleman," and he'd be like, "That's Doctor Harvey Whippleman to you." And why is and he? Why is he a doctor? Is it? Is it? Don't know. Uh, you know. They didn't like. Yeah, they didn't really specify why he was a doctor. You know what I mean? Like he used to carry like a little like black med bag that looked like a, a, a toiletry like travel bag with so him. Uh, they, they basically made a character like George Sohorian uh, who at the time they're they're on trial you know <laughs> that's, that's right that, Dude, you know what I that's what I was think thinking I, when I saw it I was like wait Dr. Harvey what the fuck hold on oh man and fucking Zahorian was the one that got tied to the whipping post and took the took the blame for the whole steroid thing oh Hell man yeah. yep Look at that. We're thinking. Yeah. And Sid, Back was, in the saddle Sid again. was one of the guys that uh, <laughs> definitely didn't want to go to the new uh, clean regiment and left. Um, no, so, no, no. Yes. Sid. I, he got popped for a drug test too, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, uh, that's what I thought. So, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Zahorian, uh, Whippleman, announces that Kimchi and Kamala, uh, and they're going to go against Joe Steele or Joe Dirt. He actually looks more like Joe Dirt, and he he ain't never had a dang chance in that ring there. And, nope, uh, certainly didn't. During the match, Vince mentions that Kamala threatened Undertaker that after he beat him, he'd put him into soup. Okay, all right. Black Lion, yeah. Undertaker soup, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kamala I'll splashes. I'll never forget that Black Lion reference ever. Oh wait, there's more. Yeah, Kamala splashes. One, two, three. That's it. Then we go to the event center. Brought to us by Ico Pro with Sean Mooney. And call your cable company today for SummerSlam. We're going to get all the announcements for the matches. We're also going to get a match that's just announced. Crush vs. Repo Man. It's the demolition exploding, everybody. Yeah. Mm. The implosion of the demolition. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Repo no Man. Yeah, Repo Man does his screaming promo about repossessing Crush's career. Okay. And then The Undertaker and Paul Bear have a promo, and this is what I was referring to. They're going to get three coffins furnished in England. And yes, Kamala is a man of simple intelligence. Yikes. 
you'll rest in peace. Okay. I, I, not to get a little off subject here, but I feel like these event centers with Sean Mooney were, and I kind of mentioned this before on on this this podcast, but I feel like these event centers with Sean Mooney were, um, were uh, the the green screens were done um, to advertise the local markets for when they for when the WWF was coming into town because if oh, you yeah. go back and you watch this show. Um, the, um, there was like five different updates regarding the SummerSlam card between yeah. Mean Gene Oakland with the SummerSlam report. And then there's like two or three event centers with Sean Mooney. I feel like they had to do a lot of major league editing before they released the superstars, um, uh, episodes to the WWE network with, with these, um, with these little tweaks here. Because I remember as a kid, like when it was Sean Mooney and event center, it was like, Next time WWF's coming to Hartford, or next time WWF's coming to Springfield, Mass, or the New Haven Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut. I never like. Uh, I don't really remember. Maybe it's like yeah. Maybe it's like syndicated news. Um, yeah, you know I, what I mean. I, like it was for the 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 what they call them the the market specifics. Yeah, that's what the, the yeah that's what I feel like those used to be. I could definitely um, see that. Like they get they get all these promos filmed and chopped up, and then they're just like, all right, we're gonna space out our feuds. We know obviously who's gonna face who in which town, so then we'll we'll put we'll air this on this program, and we're probably if we were to be watching the other shows that they're airing at the same time uh, or the same week, we'll probably see a lot of the same promos. Yeah, because I think we saw like. Kamala promo twice. Undertaker had a couple of promos, like mm-hmm. just like the same thing, like the repetitiveness, like over and over again. Yeah, um, like I think I think you're you, right. Maybe it was a market-driven thing, and then they just now, yeah, they, now we're like, now we're like, you got to get a promo in there to build your character. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's a little different. Um, yeah, the times have changed. We go to a commercial and come back, and Kamala was in the crowd, confused, not sure how to leave to get back to the dressing room. Mm, good stuff. Then all of a sudden, Undertaker's music hits. Ooh. And there's only one aisle way in and one aisle way out. So they have <laughs> a standoff. Kamala and Undertaker, um, they stand off, and Undertaker does not budge at all. And I didn't get the poor soul's name who gets beat down by the Undertaker in the ring, but Tombstone one two three Undertaker wins. Um, let me take a look at my notes here. Hold on, just one second. I believe this individual's name was. Uh, shoot, I don't have my notes here. Damn it! Huh? I'm sorry. I'm stupid. Darn. Yeah, yeah. I forget <laughs> the individual's name, but yeah, he was. Um, he he was nobody special. Shout out to that individual. Yeah, Undertaker with just uh, tattoos on his forearms right now. I'm just realizing that, too. It's like, ooh, he didn't get all tatted up yet. No, no, this is early. Yeah, this is early Undertaker. I thought the stare, stare down was good. Crowd was into it. Um, you know, it, it, it built anticipation for their match at SummerSlam. I love the touch with Kamala going into the crowd then coming back out. Mm-hmm. Like, that showed, like, the unpredictable nature of his character because I, I kind of talked about it on, on my podcast where he was known as this killer in, like, world class and down in, like, <laughs> you know, uh, Bill Watts' territory. And then when he came to the WWF, he became a little more cartoonish. But that unpredictable, unorthodox nature of his character, some of those traits were still in there. And this was a perfect example of it with him like exiting through the crowd, but then them corralling him back over the railing to then go back 
to the dressing room um, the right way. So I thought yeah. that was uh, I thought that was a nice touch. Absolutely. Um, we go to a commercial for Body Stars. It's about the fit, the famous, the fun, and the sun. That has Vince written all over it. Back from commercial, it's Mean Gene on the podium, and he announces the WWF champion, Macho Man Randy Savage. Mean says, uh, news from last week rocked the ultimate warrior down to his core. And will Mr. Perfect be in the corner of, of yours at SummerSlam? And Macho Man says, well, you just told me that it shook the ultimate warrior to his foundation. So I wouldn't say if he's in my corner or not. Then Mr. Perfect comes out and says, you know it and I know it. And Sid doesn't know shit. Uh, that's just an old inside joke there. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm the best manager. Really? The best manager? No, you're like one of the best wrestlers, dude. Uh, and Ric Flair talked to Warrior last week, and they've been in negotiations since last week. And he made Mr. Perfect an offer I may not be able to refuse. So I'll be at SummerSlam, but which one of the corners will I be in? And he said the ante has just gone sky high. Sweet. Macho Man says... He's going to go to SummerSlam, and he's going to come out as champion. And about negotiations with Mr. Perfect, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Dig it. Good stuff, though. Added a lot of tension. Yeah, it, no, it built up, uh, it built up anticipation and uh, for the um, f- for the match between him and Warrior. But um, I still was not really buying that Savage was, you know, in was was taking a deal with Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair, especially with what went on in, in the in the storyline between those guys months prior. So mm-hmm. but yeah, good stuff. We go to a commercial and come back. It's Tim McNeevy and Jerry Seavey. Wow, what a bunch of jobber names, huh? It's like now. Uh, yeah, Jerry Seavey sounds like he could have been like the illegitimate child of um of uh the Seavers on Growing Pains. <laughs> <laughs> the next door neighbor that the yeah. dad like somehow is really too friendly with. Okay. <laughs> uh, you sure that's not your dad? Okay. Money Inc. comes out sans titles because you reminded us last week that uh, the titles changed hands at a house show in between. Um, yeah, it was either a house show or wrestling. I think it was a house show or wrestling challenge. I, mean, I don't remember exactly, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they lost the belts. Mm hmm. During the match, Rocco has a picture-in-picture promo, and I couldn't understand this too well at all. I just heard, there's a smorgasbord board of violence, I guess. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Clothesline from IRS, and then Million Dollar Man hits the Million Dollar Dream, and it's all over. Sorry, McNeevy and CV. Uh, yeah, we go to the <laughs> event center with Sean Mooney, and he tosses to Virgil. Uh, who's going to face Nails? Wait, Dave, we've talked about this. What the fuck was up with that? I guess the two face, first face, like title matches at the top of the card kind of just threw Vince for a whirl and was like, we got to change it all, damn it. I know. It was, I, I talked about it last week. I mean, there was so many different, it's just, it's strange. Like, And I, and I really don't know the, the logic behind all these changes, but, you know, Natural Disasters and Money Inc. were in a rivalry. They had the titles. They had the title match, and 
Disasters won the belt. Beverly's and LOD were on a collision course. You would have thought this would have been a grudge match at SummerSlam and a featured one at that. No, Beverly's going to get the title shot, and then LOD's going to work with Money, Inc. Okay, no history there. but Well, I shouldn't say no history. Some history there, but nothing recent. Nails and Virgil. Now, the logic behind that, maybe Nails was being built up to get to boss man maybe so they needed, needed a primer f- match yeah but yeah needed to feed virgil to him or something i don't know but at the same time like boss man came back he had an interview <laughs> he had the match with skinner i would think he'd want to get his hands on nails right away instead of letting his friend virgil get fucking fed the nails you know what i mean like yeah. some friend the big boss man is you know what i mean virgil's yeah. sticking up for him and he's you know boss man's just gonna let him get beat up by this convict knowing you know what kind of a dangerous individual this nails is. So it's, yeah, it's, it was, it's almost it was like just, yeah. It's sorry. It's almost like Vince like had the book ready for SummerSlam, and then he lost it and was like, "Ah shit, god damn it, we need to rebook." And Pat's like, "You can't remember? It was pretty fucking obvious what's going on, boss." Yeah, we're going and, to do the Shawn Michael and the Bret Hart, and you know, with the ladder and in front of all the people. Nope, and then Davey they, Boy they, was going to they rebooked it, <laughs> and then after SummerSlam, he finds the SummerSlam book and he's like, "Ah." God damn it. All right. Well, this will just be Survivor Series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. Seriously. Yeah. That's a, no, that I know. It's, like it's what strange. ended up happening. I um, mean, I get the Davy Boy thing because he's from the UK. Like, that that makes sense. And yes. you got the – you could build – like, I will say this. They, they hot-shotted him and Brett, but over the course of the, 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 the few weeks leading up to SummerSlam, like, they made the – they progressed that story nicely, and and I can rationalize why they did all that. But everything else was just like, huh? Yeah. Like for real? Like Crush and the Repo Man, Tatanka and the Berserker. Like you know, like come on, like t- t- Martel still got Tatanka's feathers, and Tatanka don't want to get those back. Like come mm-hmm. on, you know what I mean? Like it was just a lot of a lot of strange booking for this show. Like, and the funny thing is, is up until. Recently, when I did research um, for that pay-per-view, I mean, I didn't really wonder why all this stuff happened because I didn't remember it that much. But now going back, I'm doing these shows with you and then doing my own shows. Like, man, something something was weird. Something was up in the in the there were there were some there were some interesting uh, poolside conversations with Vince, Bruce, and Pat. Oh, Bruce wasn't there at the time, but um, Vince and Pat. Yeah. Um, that 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 seemed to change direction. Vince must Vince's Vince's book must have fell in the pool. Something, uh, <laughs> something for real. Because this whole SummerSlam, they say it's the SummerSlam you thought you would never see. It this is the SummerSlam I don't think I want to see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not wanting to see, uh, Virgil, he is uh, here with this mighty promo about nails. He said, "Man, I'm mad as I'm not going to say it." But I will say the word when I beat you upside your head at SummerSlam, man. So he's going to beat him, and he's just going to get up and scream, shit! Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Virgil. Uh, Another MC Hammer reference from Virgil, too, so he could stay relevant. I see what you did there, boss, man. Too legit to quit. Yeah. Okay. You beat him like a dog. You handcuffed him with his hands behind his back, and that's my friend. And you beat him like a dog. I was like... All right, you said that last week and the week before, and then on the 12 green screen promos they've been fucking showing us. Like, we yep. get it. Like, you know? Uh, like, then we have Fuji and Berserker having a promo about Tatanka, and they're going to face off at SummerSlam, and he's going to get his big boot, his big sword. <laughs> I like 
I like the the Berserker and Mr. Fuji promos because every time Miss uh, Berserker says something, Mr. Fuji just goes, "Ah, yeah, ah, hey, hey. like I could use him. Just like follow me around, and every time I say something, be like, ah, yeah." I'm telling you, Mr. Fuji, as great as he was in wrestling, man, he they they the the whoever made those James Bond movies missed the boat on him. He could have been a great evil character oh, in like yes. a James Bond movie. Like you know what I mean? Like he was like he had that like odd job presentation, like mm-hmm. the odd job character in James Bond. He could have just been like a great like evil henchman and like with just a laugh and you know, oh yeah, my I'm Mr. Fuji. Oh, you know, like he was yeah. just I loved Mr. Fuji. He was great, man. I loved so- Mr. Fuji. I don't know why it's making me think. Wasn't that guy Ajab an actual wrestler? Um, I we think it was Mr. To... Saito. Yes. Yes, it was. It was Mr. Saito. I think it was Mr. Wow. Saito. Good stuff. Yeah. And they were tag team partners, right? Mr. Fuji and Saito. I believe so at one time. Oh. Yeah. Maybe, right, maybe that's call. the inspiration behind it. Look at that. Huh, we're finding the out. dots. Yep. La, 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 la. Uh-huh. Uh, Tatanka keeps uh, swiping across his screen. Uh, as he does his little promo here about the Berserker. I posted that on the Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> ready for SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, it was just funny. I saw his motion. And he told Berserker he was going to die. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's going to die by the sword. Whoa. Okay. Like, there's no death in wrestling. Like, what's going on? Hmm, he's changing the game up. Uh, yeah. then we well, I mean, com- Berserker did try to stab Undertaker a few months back with the sword. So, True. Yeah. So I guess, I guess it all makes sense. Yeah, then we come back with Mean Gene and a SummerSlam update. And he runs down the main event and hypes the roles of Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. And then also the family rivalry, Brett and Bulldog. Oh, then we go to Diana Smith. That's Diana Hart Smith or Diana Smith Hart or whatever you want to. Yeah. But anyways, acting skills. Dave, what do you think of these acting skills? Um, actually, to be quite honest with you, it wasn't that bad. No, uh, um, that's why I'm saying it's, I mean, she I gets I, a she, little she, intense, but it's a wrestling match, but she's good. Yeah, no, it really wasn't bad at all. I mean, granted she came from, you know, she's a heart. So, you know, the, um, I mean, she's, it runs in the family, but yeah, like it, it was believable. Mm-hmm. It was believable that she was upset. The way she was crying, the 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 tone in her voice. Um, you didn't see tears. You, know, you had those crocodile tears, but you know it looked like she was you know fighting back tears, um, discussing the family uh, the turmoil between Bulldog and uh, Brett. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good. That was a good segment. A good way to push the family the family rivalry that they just kind of threw together. Um, you know, a couple weeks prior, but it's 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 good progression in this story. Yeah, and the last little line that stuck with me that she hit really well, she said, uh, they don't understand that everything that we've worked for will be for nothing because I don't think they'll ever be friends again after this. Very good. Um, Then Bulldog has a promo, and he's going to be coming for that title. Nothing spectacular from his promos as usual. And Brett has a promo. Davey, I want you in the best shape of your life. I don't want any excuses come SummerSlam. Oh, jeez. Brett, get ready for it. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I right. know, you're going to forget all about the family, and I am too. And there's not no way, or there's no way, I'm, there's no way I'm going to leave Wembley 
I'm going to leave Wembley to lose. I'm going to go all the way to Wembley to lose that title. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you had a hard time getting that one. Huh? <coughs> oh, my God. You're not. Davey's not the only one forgetting things. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For, I'm not smoking crack. Right. He, also for, he also forgot how to lay out that match, too, yeah. according to Brett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, then we're going to get the Beverly Brothers challenging the natural disasters. Again, like we said, a weird twist turn of events. And, uh, yeah, how the Beverly Brothers deserve a title shot? Who did they beat? They've been beating all those huh? guys and uh, painting all those guys. Yeah, paint mm-hmm. night with the mm-hmm. Beverly Brothers and the genius. That's what the genius should do for a he should do a he should host like those those paint nights at those bars. You ever seen that on yes. social media? <laughs> yeah. My wife and I went to one of those once. Yeah, he would be fucking fantastic hosting one of those. Like he could do poems and then like oh yeah, like it'd be great. Like it's he a should, sip yeah, and paint. A, yeah. yeah. Uh, I need you yeah. to accent the shaft of the penis. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll be l- we'll gonna... be drawing this lovely flower, and everyone's like, that <laughs> looks like a close-up of a butthole. Yeah. Um, all right. The natural disasters have a promo about the privileged Beverly's. Okay. And nothing too much there. Kamala and The Undertaker will face off, as we know, and Harvey, Kamala, and Kimchi have another promo after SummerSlam, there will be nothing left of The Undertaker. Okay, great, we get it. Then we're going to get Shawn Michaels versus Rick Martel. Okay. Uh, standing by, Sensational Sherry. She says she has the perfect stipulation for the match. And they're both so handsome, they agreed not to hit each other in their face at SummerSlam. And then I can enjoy them both at the same time. <clears throat> I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, and I, know, I, I noticed during the promo, she has a tattoo in between her breasts. Pretty hot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's not the only thing that's going to be in between her breasts, according to her. <laughs> At the Some, same time. Talk about sweet chin music. Okay. Um <laughs> We go to a commercial and come back. Give us some of that arrogance. <laughs> uh, uh, coming out is Jim Powers and his opponent. To entrance music. Ooh. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, Jim Powers had some uh, decent... I mean, he was he was one of the last guys in... Uh, or the main event for the first Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. Uh, he was in the main event. Possibly. It was like a tag match, I think. Oh, well, yeah, it was technically the main event. Yeah, it was the Islanders versus um, the Young Stallions. Yeah, the yep. main event of the very first Royal Rumble event. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, his opponent, Razor Ramon. Hey. Chico. He looks big as shit right now. Like, he must have just gotten off of his cycle. I'm sorry. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's on the gas. I know. Mr. Perfect. <laughs> or Nicobe. <laughs> Mr. Perfect's like, man, he looks so cool. He's got cool hair. Cool arms, cool body, cool everything. I wish someone would just tell me I had cool arms one day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. man, those are, those are some sweet-looking calves you got <laughs> you know, there. Yeah. yeah, Those are cool. Yeah. Pretty cool, man. Dude, Dude your, your big toe is defined, man, for <laughs> real. Like, uh, come on. Yeah. Razor goes right after Jim. Back elbow. Punches. Beautiful punches from Razor. Loved his punches. Aggressive chuck choke slam, uh, and then the super back suplex off of Brett's rope, and then we get the razor's edge. Mr. Perfect says, some type of crucifix? Uh, then Mr. Perfect does the mang thing. 
uh, talking about all the chicas are probably following him around, man. Right, man? Yeah. Yeah, man. We were talking about man last night, man. Man, yeah. The big boss, man. The big boss, man. Brian Pill, man. Mangia. He took too many pills, man. Yeah. Uh, Sean Mooney in the event center. He runs down SummerSlam matches again, and then he tosses to Crush. And Crush says, how long is your skull going to hold up? Okay. Repo Man, get ready to get your head crushed in the ring. And then uh, Tatanka's going to stab and murder Berserker. So we're going to have two deaths. Um, then Money, Inc. will face the LOD. Money, Inc. have a promo. It's two more weeks. Sweet. Okay. Two more weeks. They'll get their opportunity. Next week, we'll have Nails, Crush, Bret Hart, Repo Man, the Beverly Brothers, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and the Bushwhackers. I'm sorry. Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and the Bushwhackers teaming to go against the Repo Man and the Beverly Brothers in a six-man tag match. Hey, they must be watching WCW. Yeah. Eh. That was that was a that was a, that was an interesting uh, <coughs> uh, uh, twist there. Yeah. Giving us a, a featured match. Yeah, not too bad. Um, not too bad of an episode. But uh, let, let, let's get into 605 WCW time. Ready to do it? We start out WCW Saturday night with Ron Simmons on a podium. And he's with the WCW title. Sweet. And he says, it'll take an act of Congress to get this off me. Or at least a month of booking. Um, and he's the people's champion, he says. Ooh, guess who becomes the people's champion later? Who? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. Interesting, I like that. yeah. They did a it lot. Made, it, made, it, it made it look official, like, yeah. when they had, like, the press conference and, like, you know, as, as much as Bill Watts gets ragged on for some of the creative decisions he made, like, this was a nice little, uh, you know, uh, presentation of, of, of creating Ron Simmons' championship celebration that much more important by do by, by holding a press conference absolutely um, yeah I thought it was, I thought it was done really well and a good way to open the show and remind us that you know um, of what transpired a week or so prior with his victory for the title mm-hmm. then we have Jim Ross with Ricky the dragon steamboat dragon you're hot on the heels of the WCW TV champion stunning Steve Austin even though you were just feuding for the US title with Rick rude but uh yeah. Uh, anyhow, Steamboat uh, took him to the limit, and he beat him. And he says, "If you're going to try to use brass knuckles, I'll punch you in the face with them." Uh, you covered that match last week. I liked that match a lot. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it, and uh, probably one of the more underrated uh, uh, matches between the two. They've wrestled a bunch of times, and this uh, I really enjoyed the match they had last week. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the they're gonna, he's still going to be coming for the national TV title, and Jim Ross quickly corrects him after and says, You heard that, folks. He'll be coming for the world television title. All right. Uh, semantics, basically. Out next, natural Dustin Rhodes to go against Joe Kazana. And Greg the Hammer, Valentine, and Terry Taylor are feuding with Dustin Rhodes and Barry Runnell, and they have a picture-in-picture promo. Not too much here. Dustin wins with a bulldog, one, two, three. I always love his bulldog coming out of nowhere. Um, and then after his not match, to cur- go ahead. Not not to be a not to be a dick, but uh, it was actually Dick Slater, not That's, Terry Taylor. Okay, I I have it in my notes later because I swear to God that was Terry Taylor. And then later I said, wait, he's with 
Greg the Hammers with Dick Slater. Was that Dick Slater or Terry Taylor earlier? Yep. And I was confused. No, was, okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry. No, yeah, it looked which like I, Terry which, Taylor from was TV. Su- because there wasn't really any kind of, at least from following the, the timeline of events, um, there didn't really seem to be any kind of reason why Valentine and Taylor split up, and there there didn't seem to be any real reason why Valentine and Dick Slater became a team. You know what I mean? It, they just it was just like they they tried something different and they just ran with it instead yeah, of really and having giving us like Dick a blow Slater, off to it. Yeah, and having Dick Slater in like a robe uh, was kind of weird too. That's what threw me off, really. Um, okay, because later he doesn't come out in the robe. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. So after the match, Dustin Rhodes, Dustin Runnels, well, Rhodes, Runnels, whatever. He says he wants a shot at Ron Simmons' title, too. So a lot of people coming for that WCW World Heavyweight Championship. I like it. I mean, the week prior, Dan Spivey mm-hmm. wanted, to, wanted to crack at it. Like, everyone wants to be the champion, and I thought that was a realistic um, way to, um, you know, make your world title feel that much more important where like everyone from all walks of life want a shot at it whereas you know nowadays when we watch wrestling it's certain guys are in certain title scenes and certain championship pictures and you know dan spivey was a virtual nobody at that time um wants a shot dustin wants a shot so i mean like it was kind of cool that realistically speaking all these guys were um were 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 wanting a shot at the title so it, it it was a nice little touch. Absolutely. Um, keeps that sports feel like we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then coming out to the ring, it's Johnny B. Bad. And his opponent's going to be Mike Thor. Johnny gets the left hook. One, two, three. Stupid stuff here. Puts the lips on his face. Yeah. And next up, it's Big Josh looking pretty big. Against beautiful Bobby Eaton with Polly Dangerously in a big purple suit. That was pretty nice suit there. What'd you think? Yeah, of he that? looks like he uh, he raided the uh, the 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 wardrobe of uh, the Joker <laughs> with, that, with that suit <laughs> yeah. from the 1989 Batman movie. Jack Nicholson. My goodness, I was like, holy shit! Right, that's or pretty from, out there for him. From the cartoon that had just recently aired, I guess. Yeah, um, Paulie, Paulie wears a purple suit, and Big Josh lost his flannel. So we're having some wardrobe issues on this uh, on this segment here. Yeah, Big Josh lost his flannel, and Drake drank about a case of Sierra Nevada before the match. Um, <laughs> he looks he looks big here compared to the yeah, well, last couple weeks. He's, but he's, I, I know he's Big Josh. Yeah. yeah, he will be departing soon and becoming a clown of some sorts very yeah. soon. So he'll be clowning around somewhere else. Yeah, last oh, oh, week, oh. <laughs> last week Bobby and Arn broke Larry Zabisco's arm. You covered that well, um, so we get a recap of that, and we start the match out finally um, between Big Josh and Bobby Eaton. And Paulie joins Jr. on commentary, and it's a slow technical match. Josh goes for the northern northern exposure, which is like a you know squashing, like sitting on the guy's chest and bobby knees uh-huh. him in the groin area i thought that was a good uh good way to prevent it and a good sell there yep. too oh yeah roll up reversal bobby's foot is under the rope but he pins josh wait his foot is under the rope but he pins josh and they're like hey but his foot was under the ro-. like it's not he didn't get an advantage on him at all he just won like i don't yeah. i didn't know the upset of that okay whatever one two three beautiful bobby wins 
We go to a commercial and we come back and it's JR with Nikita Koloff. And Nikita Koloff, yes. Uh, we go back to Baltimore and they show us what happened with Rick Rude and Nikita, which you also covered as well. Uh, Rude accidentally hits the ref and then Rude gets hit with the sickle and the ref is not there. Uh, so they're going to have a rematch one-on-one tomorrow in the Omni. Rick Rude versus Nikita with no Medusa in the corner. Okay. You know what's cool about the, this these segments on Saturday night is that they hype a lot of the live events up with like the, the, the matches, which you don't get. Obviously, now you don't get that. But even back then in the WWF at this time period, they didn't hype up live events like you know, like WCW did. JR would be like, you know, tomorrow night they're in the Omni, you know, in Atlanta for, you know, it's bell time, 7 o'clock. You're going to see Jake Roberts against Sting. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, they would hype up the non-televised mat- events and, you know, announce featured matches. Like, it had that, like, old school uh, promote promoter kind of feel to it um, with the way that they promoted the matches. I thought that was interesting and something different. Um, that I think, honestly, like... Wouldn't be a bad idea to do that now in today's world of wrestling where they were to announce like, hey, we're going to be in Chattanooga, Tennessee on Saturday night. Um, you know, main event's going to be so-and-so uh, facing this other guy in a cage or whatever. Like, you know, I think the that stuff first would be thing cool. to be said was, well, why didn't we get that on TV? Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, yeah, it's different now because, you know, people need a reason to, you know, complain about everything. I mean, the Internet hates the Internet, you know. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just the, 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 the world we live in. Yep. All right. And next up after that beautiful um, primer for the Omni, they went to the Omni a lot. It was like every other week, it seemed. Well, it was also, you know, that was the, that was their their region. You know, they yeah. they were in the the south, the the, the mid Atlantic area, and um, like WWF, they would run the Garden once a month. So I mean, it was it was no different. Just the Omni was like their home base, I guess, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, which which made perfect sense. It, it you know cut down on travel and um, not going, you're not running as many towns. But um, a lot of guys lived in that area, and eventually, when they moved to Florida. And did a lot of the syndicated programming down there at Disney. That helped as well. So uh, yeah, I mean it's you know it, it was just that that time period and and the and the travel loop and the way things went. Definitely. Uh, next on the show, good God, it's Vinny Vegas and Diamond Dallas Page, the Vegas connection. Huh. And <laughs> walking to the ring, Vinny Vegas, who is Kevin Nash, he says, "You hear us knocking? You better let us in." Okay. <laughs> I hate his like <laughs> I hate that accent that he did. Uh their opponents the Italian Stromboli and Chad Bird. Big Cat Curtis Hughes and JYD have a picture in picture promo. JYD says, "Let's have a ball all night." Uh they're coming for the Vegas connection. All right. I, I guess that'll be somewhat interesting. I don't know. We we said it before. I think JYD could have been utilized a little bit better um in WCW or NWA at the time. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, this was not the best, um, not 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 the best use of JYD. But at the same time, could also understand why they probably wanted to establish Big Cat as you know like another JYD type of character. So putting him with JYD was kind of like the rub, so to speak. It just didn't work out. Yeah. 
Um, we got some big pink pants here from Vinny Vegas. Not so diesel, is he? No. Yeah. <laughs> See what you did there? <laughs> Look at that. Actually, uh, he's like the same shape as Paige. I think once you get a body, you get a good push in wrestling. But that's wrestling. Uh, we get a clothesline from Vinny Vegas and then a leg drop from DDP. What the hell, dude? Who did that leg drop? One, two, three. Uh, Vegas connection go over. Yeah. Short-lived Nothing tag to see team. here. Yeah. Uh, commercial <laughs> and back, and it's Larry Zabisco with JR and Larry's broken arm. We get a pl- flashback of last week where Bobby and Arn break the arm of Larry Zabisco. Bobby comes off the top rope because the rules were waived during the match, the uh, tag match featuring Brian Pillman as well. Uh, it's a good story here and the unraveling of the dangerous un- alliance. Larry Zabisco says he's going to be playing the revenge game. I'm going to be going against the Dangerous Alliance, and it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. I really dig this story that they had going with Larry Zabisco and his role uh, playing the Avenger. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, I mean, he had established history, and they they kept up with it, the continuity. um, And I just think it worked well, and he did a very good job at, you know... um, playing the baby face even though he was naturally a better heel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but being a, uh, a veteran baby face fighting against these guys is pretty cool um, we go to a commercial and come back JR says Ron Simmons will defend his title against this man right here Cactus Jack on September 2nd Clash of the Champions sweet this is Cactus Jack's first title shot and, uh, yeah, to the best of my knowledge, yeah. Yeah, that's what he says in the uh, promo, too. And he says, it's live, and you can't edit me out. You can't censor the violence. It's great stuff. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to that match September 2nd, Clash of the Champions. Then in the ring from Stone Mountain, Georgia, it's Jake the Snake with some interesting theme music here. Yeah, I don't know if that was dubbed over stuff that the network put out or if that was something that... JR referenced um, it. He said... uh, Oh, really? Okay. He said Jake Roberts' uh, variation of his entrance music. It's weird. Uh, He's going to face off against Randy Sully. And on August 2nd, Jake Roberts assaulted Sting when he arrived. And Cactus is on commentary during the match and he says... Jake appearing out of the crowd and over the railing. He was like, John Wayne! But John Wayne smoked butts, and Jake kicks him. It's pretty good. Um, And they talk about how Jake is the originator of the DDT, and he hits it on Sully. One, two, three. Quick work, but good stuff from Jake the Snake Roberts. And then we go with him and JR ringside, and Jake has that great promo, and he tells Sting, just quit. Just hang it up. It's kids' day out at the Omni, and the kids are going to come down and watch the end of a man's career? If that's what you want, 3 o'clock, time's up. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the time at the end, the time stamp. But uh, great yeah, stuff from go. Jake. Oh, yeah. Jake, yeah, Jake didn't disappoint on the mic, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, commercial and back, Tracy Smothers is in the ring to face. Coming to the ring, Flying Brian. Long match here, and a scissor crucifix pin, one, two, three, Flying Brian Pillman wins. Meh. Then we go to JR, and he welcomes Sting, 
and uh, things like, who's that guy that snake bit some people in a couple of years ago and made them real sick one time? Hmm? Yeah, they're referencing stuff from WWF. Okay. Um, Sting says... But I like that stuff. Yeah, it was good. I like the continuity. Yeah. Like, you don't... You don't acknowledge the competition, but you acknowledge like certain things that portray to the to the character. You know what I mean? The like then, then you know, yeah, the history of it. So you know, nine year old me is like, oh yeah, he's talking about when Jake bit Macho Man with the snake. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that that's good stuff. Yeah, it's it's good. And Sting uh, finishes it up by saying, "I know who you are, Jake. You don't know who the hell I am." It's good, good <laughs> stuff. What do you think about this uh, feud? Um. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was good stuff. I liked Jake as a bad guy, um, especially against Sting. Um, the way he was brought in, I thought was well done. It kind of like threw me for a loop because um, you know he left WWF, didn't know where he was, and then he comes to WCW. It just it was one of those first like, oh wow, like one of those first moments as a kid where I was like, yeah, oh man, like it. it it's like a precursor, like we say, to the Monday Night Wars when guys are just popping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake was one of those situations where he just popped up at the time, um, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, his I was I was really looking forward to his run with Sting because I thought that they could have done some really good stuff. But unfortunately, I think I've talked about it. His yeah. run was uh, he 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 cut it short. He quit the he quit the company after Halloween Havoc yeah. later that year because he was just he wasn't getting along with Watts and. Had some issues with Bill Watts, so he just finally said, "You know what? Fuck it, I'm done. I'm not doing this." And uh, yeah, that was the end of that. But um, yeah, I was really, really, really looking forward to seeing what Jake was going to do because I was a big Jake fan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, looking at this retrospectively, I'm like, "Oh my god, that was so cool! They could have done so much more. Like this would, like I mean, it's great the stuff that they did do, the promo stuff wise, but." In yeah. ring, what did we get? Like two matches, coal miner's glove, and then like a regular deep match, maybe? I don't know. Well, yeah, like that was the thing, too. Like that coal miner's glove match, like, you know, that was such a. You have this spin the wheel, make the deal, which I thought was like a cool concept as a kid. And then you, you land on a coal miner's glove match. Like, yeah. Yeah, and just fell flat for me. Yeah. All right. So into the ring, it's Dirty Dick. All right. Um, his opponent is the Z Man. Dick Slater hits a pile driver, and it looks like Z-Man kicks out, but one, two, three. Okay, whatever. I don't know. And this is where I wrote in my notes, wait, is it Dick Slater and Greg Hammer or Dick Slater and Terry Taylor? I'm confused. Okay, but you cleared that up for me. Thank you. No problem. We go to a commercial and come back with Teddy Long. And you know my homie Ron Simmons winning the WCW World Championship is the biggest thing in wrestling. And he's not wrong, but he doesn't have to... Slide the homie word, and I mean, okay, whatever. Do but what that was, want. but you know what, yeah. that was the vernacular back back during that time period too. You know what I mean? Like everyone was saying it. We're, we've talked about it. That that hip hop culture is like cro- like crossed into pop culture as well. So I mean, it, yes. it, it made sense. You know, he was trying to identify with that audience at that time. And yes. In that in that area in Atlanta, you know, that was the kind of audience that was that was coming to those shows. Um, and then Ron Simmons comes out to face Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. The kids love Ron. He's a uh, great-looking WCW world champion here on the scene. Um, And Teddy talks about all the homies in the hood are going to be there for the kids' day at Omni. Oh, well, okay. Sweet. Huge power slam. Ron Simmons wins one, two, three. 
Uh, and this is great stuff. Uh, Ron Simmons is with Jim Ross ringside after. And yeah, the party is over, but the party's still going on. Which one is it? Pick one, Ron. Anyhow, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to show the kids that dreams do come true. And it's possible to make it in the world if you do have a goal. Man, he's going to give Big Van Vader a rematch for the title coming up. And that'll be coming up soon. And I know we're we're we're, we're almost done here. We got about an hour. But I want to ask you. Did you see the Kofi Kingston um, 24-7 special on the network? I did. Man, I, I, did, I, I, I did watch I, it. I, I, I cried at the end. Um, it was it was really good. Yeah. It was probably one of their best ones they've done. Yeah. In, 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 I mean, they were all, the, the Batista one was good. I think I told you about that one. But this one, the story itself and how he got there and, you know, then they kind of interwoven his return to Ghana and, like, yeah, it was done pretty well. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was really good. It it just uh, makes me think like Ron Simmons laid the uh, groundwork for that um, around the oh, time that sure. we're covering right now, and yeah, he was one absolutely. of the first. And then you get The Rock in a way, definitely, and Booker yeah. T. Um, yep. But being the first African-born champion, you know, it, it's it's very. But I mean, cool. you think about it even before Ron Simmons. You know, granted they didn't have you know, significant lengthy um, opportunities, or I should say runs with the world title, but Ernie Ladd and, you know, um, Junkyard Dog and Bobo Brazil, names sure. like that, sure. you know, that are sure. African-American that, that were in big spotlighted positions in wrestling at that time. Like, they kind of laid the groundwork for Ron Simmons, but Simmons blew the door open when he became the world champion at that time. So, I mean, it was it was different for that time period in 1992, um, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, he's a trailblazer when it comes to um, what African-American uh, pro wrestlers are able to, to achieve and accomplish in, in wrestling today. Yeah, talking to Elliot um, from the Inept Super Villain, Villains, um, we're doing another .5 episode. We actually watched the Ron Simmons and Bader match. Um, oh, nice. Him being a senior in high school around the time that this uh, 1992, I guess he had just graduated high school around that time, and uh, he wasn't an avid fan. I mean, you know, casual fan, I guess, but he knew even at the time Ron Simmons being the first black champion um, was a big deal. Um, so you could see how it transcended um, through different mediums of entertainment. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was a big moment. Definitely. Um, so stay oh, tuned for, sure. for that uh, 14.5 episode, everybody. Woo. All right. Uh, we go to a commercial and come back, and it's a handicap match. Big Van Vader with Harley Race going against Rex Cooper and Danny Dees. Dees what? Dees, uh... These compressed discs in the back of his fucking neck because he gets a Vader bomb. One, two, three. Wow. Vader destroys them. Okay. Vader is then ringside and <clears throat> he got tricked. He was, he was ready for Sting and they brought out Ron Simmons. That's like tra training for Muhammad Ali and getting Mike Tyson. I was ready for Godzilla and I got King Kong. Okay, so he wants his rematch, and Harley says, I was once a champion for seven weeks, and Ron Simmons, your run won't even last that long. 
and he's kind of Simmons. Kind of not wrong. Vader's gonna beat you for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship and be the greatest WCW World Heavyweight Champion on God's green earth. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, good stuff from both Vader and Harley Race here. Good stuff from. Ron Simmons, good stuff from Sting, good stuff from Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, great episode overall, even though it was an hour and a half, and uh, some of the matches were really fucking long, like we've talked about before. I prefer the 45-minute episodes of WCW Saturday Night, but I will pick this one for the win. Really? Okay, I'm going to go with Superstars. Uh, really? I think, uh, yeah, because even though it was SummerSlam overload, every match had SummerSlam implications, and it was building towards the pay-per-view. Even though there were three event centers, two SummerSlam reports, and a fucking partridge in a pear tree, <laughs> um, it, 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 it at least gave you something to look forward to um, when it came to the SummerSlam pay-per-view. And like I said, each match had a SummerSlam implication that you were you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, Get you know watching uh, on that pay per view um, Saturday night, um, man. That fucking big Josh Bobby Eaton match took it out of me. Like goddamn, like yeah, that first one. Of all, and like, then the, the only... Z Man, or, oh, no, the Brian yeah, Pillman like, man, the Brian well, Pillman. Uh, Pillman, yeah, Mothers. even that match too. Yeah, but even Z Man Dick Slater too was like kind of yeah, like you know, like yeah. I was just. Um, yeah, especially, like, Big Josh, like, the whole time, he, I mean, I get it, like, the psychology, he was trying to work on Bobby's arm, but, like, it was just fucking slow and prodding, it was like, oh my god, like, even Heyman on commentary couldn't fucking save it, you know, like, it was just, it didn't, you know, it didn't do it for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with superstars, personally. Okay. Um, I like the continuing stories that we had in between, but yeah, the wrestling is what kind of made me like, I zoned out during the fucking Tracy Smothers and Brian Pillman match and was like, Oh shit, I got to take notes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it was that boring. Um, yeah. Like I said, if they do the 45 minute episodes, they're golden. Um, this hour and a half, it's too much. It's too much. Oh, so. I've been meaning to tell you this because we've talked about this and we've tried to ponder the 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 reasons behind the the time on these episodes here. Okay, I least I recently listened to an episode of Grill and Jr. Okay, and they were talking about WCW Saturday Night in 1989 and the format and how it was changing. And apparently, um, when the 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 episodes and the time in the episodes were determined by the Braves baseball schedule. So mm. if the Braves if the if the Braves were a home game, then the show would go 90 minutes. If the Braves were an away game, the show would go close to 2 hours. Hmm. Which I didn't understand the logic behind that at first. Um but now that I know that you know they used to tape those episodes of Saturday Night, maybe they would chop up some of it or leave some of it in, depending on the Brave schedule, you know. So yeah. that's what I found out in the most recent episode of Grill and Jr. Very um, they're, interesting. They're, the, the time on the Saturday Night episodes was based on the Braves' baseball schedule on Saturdays, which you know for the most part. Um, and, and if they were on the West Coast, especially, if the Braves played on the West Coast and TBS aired the game, um, then more than likely WCW Saturday Night would go the full two hours. Wow. 
Uh, okay, well, we learn something new every week, folks. It's based off of baseball. So I can I, I, I get to thank baseball for... Uh, I mean, wrestling wasn't a priority for them at the time, you know? No. Braves baseball was, was you know, their, their, their meal ticket, so to speak. So I could see why. I could see why wrestling took a backseat a little bit. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, um, yeah, a good week, another one in the bag. Uh, Dave, you want to tell everybody where we can find you once again before we get out of here? All right, uh, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Hit the like button. Find all the links to the archive shows, pictures, polls. we got polls up there as well uh, regarding future episodes um, that you guys can vote on as well. Try to keep it interactive and fun. Positive, nostalgic pro wrestling experience that is kicking out of two over on Facebook. Same thing goes with our Twitter. Um, I feel like I'm talking to myself on my on that fucking Twitter. So please, if you've got a Twitter and you like nostalgic pro wrestling, fucking give us a follow. It's at kicking out two k i c k n o u t and the number two. Try to do the same stuff that we do on Facebook over on our Twitter, but 140 to 220 characters or less. Find all the archive shows of kicking out at two on Facebook on Twitter as well as the real home of kicking out at two, the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. So uh, that's where you can find everything that is kicking out at two. Yes, indeed. And you can always find Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on any podcasting app, Spotify, searching Retromania with a W. That's W-R-E-T-R-O-M-A-N-I-A. And you can always write to us if you want to. Retromania Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Like you said, I've been posting things on Twitter now. Hashtag and stuff. Uh, It's lonely. Anyhow, at uh at Retromania Pod is where you can find us there. At Retromania Pod, um, you can find us on Facebook. I post a lot of fun videos and uh, cool stuff there, like Dave does. That we're kicking out at two. Uh, find us on Facebook at Retromania with a W. And uh, yeah, we will catch you guys next week. Dave, I will talk to you, man. Thanks, and uh, it was good chatting, wrestling with you again. Good to be back. Good to, good to be back on the saddle again with you, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up again next week. Yes, indeed, brother.